This is a highlight clip from our new podcast series on the right wing with me and the call. In this week's episode, I look towards Germany, their hooligans culture in the 1980s and the growth of the ultra movement in the country. I also explore the darker side to some of these fan groups, the neo-Nazis training in gyms and the role they played in the anti-lockdown protests in Germany during COVID. Did research on the history of hooliganism in Germany and Europe, and I think you know if you if you ask me to draw the central line of the development of hooliganism, then I would say that hooliganism has from from the 70s and 80s till now it has developed from a culture of street riots to a rather internationally organized, semi-professionalized network of combat sports. So those street riots they still exist, but. What's new in the past, let's say, 15, 20 years is that hooligans have developed lots of athletic activities and organizations which are far away from football, but rather reach into combat sports. So they opened their own gyms, they developed their own combat sports event events, so-called fight nights. And so um, they're especially active in boxing, kickboxing and mixed martial arts. They have established quite a lot of clothing brands or combat sports accessories. And as I mentioned when I um, talked about the history of hooliganism in Germany, they have also developed their own athletic formats because when they left the stadia in the 90s a little bit, they established something which we call either Drittort Auseinandersetzungen, so it's like third, third place combats in Germany, or the scene itself calls it acre matches, so matches on, on some acre. Both terms refer to the fact that hooligan groups are meeting in some wood or in some industrial parking lot to have a group fight. So 10 against 10 or 20 against 20 against 20. The one team wears red shirts, the other one yellow. They run into each other and see who's the better team. There are slightly rules to this. But not a lot of them, and especially there are almost no referees. And that's why, you know, we can very well discuss about uh, the question if it's sport or not, if it's ethically okay or if it's not. And I can actually consider it at most part as sports because it's two groups who are having a combat sport fight and they're all there with a free will. But that's a format of doing combat sports which is, which is very exclusive to the hooligan culture. In Germany, being a football fan is a symptom, not the virus. By way of being a football fan does not make one a fascist and vice versa. But football is a powerful tool for the far right. You have groups of young men, some who are not afraid to be violent and some who can be swayed to a radical political view. A perfect breeding ground for fascism. There are examples of far right football fans who have a biography in far right structures and in fan scenes and who are trying you know to, to match both and to use their contacts in the fan scenes to recruit for far right structures so in this case the stadia is a recruitment ground for far right ideology and far right organizations there are examples for this but there are also examples for um, another development that people who are politically far right and do not have a football biography are trying to use the ground for recruitment and to address um, especially political conflicts in football to escalate them and make people choose sides especially for the far right so I think there are examples for both. Then in 2020 
the world would change forever. Germany has confirmed its first case of the virus, also marking the first case of human-to-human transmission in Europe. The first case of COVID-19 was reported in Germany on January 27th in Bavaria. By February, the number had risen to 27, and the German government started to bring in measures to stop the virus. It started with large gatherings, but by March, the virus was still spreading rapidly, and Chancellor Angela Merkel took action. Germany decided to implement a contact ban, limiting public gatherings to two people outside of families. This meant that the German Bundesliga games were also postponed as the country went into lockdown. As the world was locked indoors, right-wing sentiment grew online. Conspiracy theories were rife. Coronavirus doesn't exist, some said. Others claimed it to be a myth by those who secretly wanted to control the world. Governments were just puppets being controlled by a small collection of billionaires, they said. These theories spread as fast as the virus, and in Germany, a group of lateral thinkers started a protest movement called Querdenker. Querdenker, if you translate it literally, it means something like thinking across. But it is a term which only makes kind of sense in the corona politics we had in the past years, because Querdenker basically was the movement who was not only protesting against the corona politics of the state, but also basically saying that the corona pandemic doesn't exist or only exists because the state wants to abolish democratic rights. So it's a very, you know, it's a very ambivalent movement, which, which has many connections to the far right, because far right organizations, well, they're always trying to escalate social and political conflicts to overthrow the German state. And of course, here they had lots of ideologically motivated points to attach thinking society as a state who turns against its own population because of the pandemic that has been a very good playground for far-right organizations. These protests were, of course, against the policy of large gatherings in the country at the time, and so police were sent to disperse many of the marches. In November 2020, a march was organized in Germany's eastern town of Leipzig. The march was well publicized and the police were sent to stop the demonstration. This is where we begin to see the power of well-trained, well-organized and right-wing football fans come to the forefront. The police dispersed the protesters and called an end to the demonstration in a bid to maintain social distancing rules. But the police were forced back by hooligans who, according to reports in the German media, used weapons like clubs and pyrotechnics against the police. They eventually broke through and made their way to the ring road around Leipzig where they marched freely. And so, what started with a group of football fans has ended in professionally trained, highly motivated and a fearless group of foot soldiers willing to use violence against the police to further the cause of right-wing groups in the country. They are, in all essence, militant neo-Nazis, as Robert Klaus explains. Far-right hooligans played a role in it, in many of those demonstrations. And then if you have a closer look in it, at it, then we have to understand how the far right is working. If you have a look at the whole far right landscape, then different organizations and scenes in the far right are kind of work sharing. You know, there are those organizations who are organizing those demonstrations. There are people who are doing the popular speech speeches. Far right hooligans and militant neo-Nazis, it's their part of the work of the shared work to bring their capability of violence to the street. So every time those demonstrations had a conflict with police, 
on the question if they can go to the streets now, if they can turn left, turn right, come to a big square. Then those hooligans attacked the police and basically fought the way free for those demonstrations. So it's always important, you know, the, not to look at those far-right hooligans isolated, but to see them as a as part of a bigger landscape of far-right organizations who are all attached to each other and who all know what is the what is the the peace they bring into the shared work. So it's the violence they brought there. And of course, fight red hooligans. I mean, they are training their violence in combat sports and they know how to organize themselves to attack police and political enemies as a big group. That was a highlight clip from our new podcast on the right wing with me and Nicole. Get the full podcast by subscribing to The 42 now. Go to the42.ie forward slash podcasts.